Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. You want those idiots who believe in analytics? Good morning and welcome in. It is a numbers game here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Gil out for today. He will be back on Monday. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in on a wild day and a great day. One more sleep until college football. We'll have plenty of coverage on that. And also a crazy day across the pond. A lot of things going on in the world of Premier League. Good thing we got Paul Carr coming up here in the next five minutes. We can sort through all of it and look ahead to a really good weekend of action in the EPL. Also, not just Paul on tap today. Steve Mackinnon is going to be with us, bottom of this hour, editor of Point Spread Weekly, as we go through some early college and pro football betting systems for betters to use both when it comes to win totals and just week one, week zero type matchups out there in college football in the National Football League. Pamela Maldonado is going to be with us as well, Yahoo Sports betting analyst. She's actually going to be in studio as we discuss everything in the world of football and a little bit as well with the U.S. Open coming up on the 30th. So that's going to be fun. Men's qualifiers going on in the way right now. We get the draws yesterday, so we'll get Pamela's thoughts on how those all break down. And then... Vinny Mayula will be with us in the final 30 minutes of the program as we get the bookmaker's perspective on everything we're looking at. College football week zero lines again tomorrow starting at 10 a.m. our time out here on the West Coast and Major League Baseball, National Football League preseason final week of preseason action. But we begin today with the National Football League because there is big news. We have one more starting quarterback job that has been filled. Jameis Winston has been named the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. And not really a surprise, Winston, before his uh, breakout game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, in the range of about a $1.30 favorite over at DraftKings to win the job, uh, escalated to about a $3 favorite right after that performance against the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
And as I have kind of stated multiple times, you know, uh, a lot of different spots which I've done in this network or talked to uh, with Matt Humans earlier this week on My Guys in the Desert, Winston just seems like the better option. Uh, that was before the Jacksonville Jaguars game. But even at this point right now, as we know, he's just the better option. Jameis Winston is the more balanced passer when it comes to his arm talent. You can go back to the first game of the preseason where I pointed out that Jameis Winston had nine attempts, three were 20 or more yards downfield, three were 19 to, excuse me, 10 to 19 yards downfield, and three were zero to nine yards downfield. He's a balanced attack in terms of his arm. He can stretch the field, something that the New Orleans Saints have not had for a really long time with his arm talent, and that opens up things for this offense, right? There's no longer a passing attack that is just six, seven yards downfield and trying to get yards after catch. This wide receiving core now gets maximized a little bit with the ability to stretch the field that Jameis Winston has. So I think this is the right move, and I think this is going to pay off. And we can go back right to the year in which Jameis threw over 30 and threw 30 interceptions, and we can talk about the mistakes that Jameis Winston has made. And those are all very apt points in terms of his flaws as a quarterback, but as I've brought up numerous times when it comes to that year in Tampa Bay, a system in Bruce Arians, which, as we know, uh, if you look at in the past first years in Bruce Arians system, uh, if you look at was it quarterbacks, according to PFF, that led the league in turnover worthy plays or at least had the most turnover worthy plays in a single season, three of them had been in their first year in Bruce Arians' system. Jameis Winston was one of them. So that is something that goes hand-in-hand with playing under Bruce Arians. Now you get a system that I think is going to be a little bit more friendly in Sean Payton's offense, one that's going to maximize his abilities as a passer as well. I'm just a big Jameis Winston guy. And you look at this preseason as well. Winston has performed admirably in the two games in which we have seen him up to this point. If you look at some of his passing grades, according to PFF, through the first two weeks, 73.5 passing grade in week one against Baltimore, where he goes 7 of 12, doesn't commit a turnover-worthy play. And then that Jacksonville game, posting 94.4 passer grade, has two big-time throws, goes 9 of 10, throws two touchdowns, is that a sign of things to come for New Orleans going forward? Probably not, right? Is he going to be one of the best passers in the National Football League? I would say no. But I would also say that he, is, he has the ability to be a top 15 quarterback in the National Football League given the right system around him and what we know <clears throat> about his arm talent and sneaky aspect of all of this, the fact that he has LASIK now and he can see everything. So now he's going to be able to see all those defenders. So this new Orleans saints team opens up the regular season against the green Bay Packers. They're three point underdogs with the news that Winston is the starting quarterback. No adjustment on the line. Probably wouldn't expect it because it was expected that Jameis Winston was going to be the starting quarterback for the new Orleans saints. But this is really intriguing for new Orleans because this is still one of the better defenses in the national football league. Very well into the top 10 in terms of efficiency from a season ago, one of the better offensive lines in the national football league and when fully healthy, they have a lot of talent at the skill positions, high-end talent, not depth, but there is high-end talent there. So this Saints team has a lot of intrigue as we move forward now that we know who the guy is going to be. And it is going to be Jameis Winston, and we're probably going to see plenty of Taysom Hill as well. But Jameis Winston, the news of this morning, is the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. I think it makes a lot of sense, and I think it's the right move. It is a numbers game here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. For those of you just joining us, going over the news that Jameis Winston is indeed the starting quarterback for the, for the New Orleans Saints here. So he will take the field in week one. Of course, against the Green Bay Packers, Saints, a three-point underdog. Really curious to see if the move, you know, as we get closer, what it means for a lot of people and the betting market and the respect that the Saints will get moving forward now that Winston is going to be their guy. But I think it's a match made in heaven, man. I think it's a really, really good sign here for the New Orleans Saints that they have a guy who can stretch the field and give 
Sean Payton something that he has not had for quite a while. Still behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, by the way, in the pecking order of the NFC South. Uh, but we'll see. Again, this is a balanced team. This is a really solid team at multiple positions across the board. Wide receiver depth of question, especially with the injury at the top. But I think as we move forward, the New Orleans Saints are going to be something to reckon with in a playoff team now that Jameis Winston has indeed been entrenched as a starting quarterback for them. All right. So big news today. There's a lot going on in the world. Jameis Winston gets announced as he is the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. We also get news that Cristiano Ronaldo, who at one point was going to be a member of Manchester City, well, Man City has now pulled out of the race to sign Cristiano Ronaldo, and Manchester United is now the front runner to land Ronaldo services here. Uh, Paul Carr, who is nice enough to give us some time today, uh, is going to join us, uh, host of Expected Value Podcast, director of content, True Media Sports. So, Paul, uh, I kind of want to start with this because this is kind of crazy. So, uh, like, well, what happened? Because if you go through Twitter, I like the fans of Manchester City. Like, ah, we never wanted them anyway. We just wanted to trick me. Like, so walk us yeah. through this because this is very much uh, kind of like in baseball season during the trade deadline where, hey, the Padres are going to get Max Scherzer. And all of a sudden it's like, no, 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 the Dodgers are actually going to get Max Scherzer. What the hell just happened? <laughs> the soccer transfer season, it makes like American sports off seasons almost look tame. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it seems like, so imagine that scenario you just talked about in baseball, except Max Scherzer basically just says, Hey, you're trading me. So I'm not going to play and I'm going to go get on a plane and go somewhere and we'll see where it lands. That's basically what Ronaldo has done. He's like, I'm not playing for Juventus anymore. I'm leaving. And he's trying to force his way into, because you know, there's only a limited number of clubs in the world he could go to mm -hmm. from a financial standpoint uh, that are even willing to be interested in things like that. City and United are two of them. He used to play for United. It's where he made his name. Uh, so it seems like that's the way it's going. It also seems like you know, there was nothing to this 24 hours ago with United. So it's hard to know how much is, is smoke, how much is kind of player and agent forced. Is the team actually interested? Who's going to give? It, it, it's a very weird situation. But yeah, today, right now, you know, by the time we're done, it might change. But right now, it looks like United's the favorite. And, and so, because you like, I, I went to bed thinking, all right, I'm going to ask Paul how, what this means for Man City going forward. Yeah. So, so this could change on a dime. Is it safe to say, like, is it Man United and PSG? Like, those would probably be the top two choices at this point right now, or, or can we get a dark horse out of nowhere? I would say we could get a dark horse out of nowhere, but those are right, right now. Those are the two. I mean, <clears throat> it's United because that's what's being reported. It's PSG because they have all the money. If they were to sell Mbappe to Real Madrid, uh, there'd be a little bit more of a fit from an on the field perspective. I mean, Ronaldo fits in at United. I think they have bigger issues that they could spend that money on better. But, uh, you know, it, from a marketing standpoint, from a get your attention standpoint, it would certainly be a, a big move. And they could use kind of that traditional forward up top on the field. Yeah, so and that's what I'm curious. Let's go down the rabbit hole of he is with Manchester United. If you look at some of the odds board, Man City still the favorite to win this thing in the Premier League at plus 125. Uh, Man United, one of the few teams at single digits still plus 625. What does this realistically do for them if they do indeed land him? I don't think it does too much. Like yeah. their bigger problem is they just they don't have a great kind of defensive, especially defensive midfield spot that they have kind of a hole right there. Uh, they do need a forward, but they've got a lot of wingers and attacking midfielders that could kind of fill that void. And the bigger problem is there's three teams that are clearly better than Manchester United right now. So, you know, you can, drop their odds. They got a better chance all you want, but they need a lot of stuff to go right for them uh, with three teams that are clearly ahead of them 
on the field from a talent standpoint right now. But the cool thing is, right, is let's say they get him for betters. Uh, obviously, it's going to move the needle for betters, and I'm assuming that uh, Manchester United is going to get a little bit more action in terms of futures markets, which means the value would increase for some of the other teams that are in front of them. So uh, if that does indeed happen, Man City, Chelsea, uh, we're early into the year, but as we have watched this unfold through the first two weeks and what you expect going forward, I'd expect there's some pretty good value on a Man City or Chelsea if that's indeed the case and Man United moves up the board. I would think so. I mean, you can get plus money on city right now. I think uh, Chelsea's around plus 275 plus 300 uh, today. I think if you believe in Chelsea, now is the time to play Chelsea, because if you look at their schedule coming up, you know, we'll talk about they're playing Liverpool on Sunday. Uh, then they have Aston Villa who should be an easy win. They're at Tottenham and Man City. So like if they can get by Liverpool and City and Chelsea's in good shape, their next four or five games are really easy. It's all like bottom third of the table sort of teams. So if you like Chelsea, this may be your last chance to get them at significant plus money because we could be here a month from now and it's, you know, there's juice if you want to play Chelsea. They could be the betting favorite. So now's the time to play Chelsea if you want them because of the schedule and way it shapes out. So let's talk about that game then. Liverpool, Chelsea, uh, across the board, you know, if you look at it, some relatively solidly low totals. And Chelsea, I've been impressed with them. You know, this for to let you know, this is the first year I'm really kind of getting in the Premier League and watching uh, in depth and watching their first two games. Uh, of it, to me, and you can correct me on this, uh, very high possessions, really methodical mm -hmm. in terms of their offense, really solid, seems a little bit slower paced in terms of scoring as well. So what does this matchup look like in terms of the uh, taking on Liverpool? Yeah, that's exactly what Chelsea has done since Thomas Tuchel took over in January is they will hold the ball. They use the ball and kind of like maybe a Barcelona used to, not the same style, but the same essence in that they keep the ball almost in a defensive way. You know, mm -hmm. we have the ball, you're not going to score. So they keep the ball uh, and unders have trended. You know, I talked to I had nauseam on Gil's show about how I think we're at 26 of 33 games under Tuchel. have had under three goals uh, since he took over again in January and games between these top teams were pretty tight last season. So to me, this feels like another low scoring game where Chelsea, again, will try to keep possession. Uh, if Liverpool has the ball in non-dangerous spots, Chelsea will be fine to concede and really just control the defensive area and not give Liverpool a lot of good chances. That's been their MO against, you know, higher possession teams. Like when they beat man city in the champions league final, uh, things like that. Chelsea just trusts its defense to do the job. And if you have the ball and there's, you know, the defensive third or the middle of third of the field, Chelsea's okay with that. So this feels low scoring to me. So I, I like the under here at minus 130. Got to pay a little bit of juice under two and a half. Uh, but yeah, it feels again, just like they're going to kind of feel each other out. This is early in the season. Uh, both the teams have looked good at times, but still the offense isn't totally clicking, mm -hmm. even though the goals have been rolling early on. So I like the under on this one, under two and a half minus 130 for me. All right, let's move on to the other top team that we talked about a little bit, and that'd be Man City uh, taking on Arsenal. How bad does this get for Arsenal? Because uh, it's not looked great <laughs> early. That's been the question, you know, anytime they run to these top teams over yep. the past couple seasons. And yeah, so I'm in, Firmly in the don't overthink this one camp. And because Arsenal, from what we've seen through two games, they're still Arsenal. They, you know, look okay. They struggle to create a lot of chances. They played Chelsea last week and only had six shots the entire game. Uh, they did, they lost 2 0 to Brentford, which was probably a little flattering to Brentford in the opener, but still, that's what Arsenal has been doing. Not great chances defensive meltdowns, give up a goal or two, like we saw against Chelsea um, and city is, you know, still city. They beat Norwich five nil, which was a little flattering. You know, it's one of those games where almost every decent shot goes in for city, but 
they dominated that game. So I just am not overthinking this one. Uh, I'm laying the goal and a half with Man City. It's minus 140, but I just feel like that's the most likely outcome. City has so many weapons, even without Ronaldo, of course. Um, De Bruyne probably isn't going to play in this game either, but it just hasn't mattered. They're just way better than Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal doesn't have the attacking uh, ability, even with Aubameyang and Lacazette probably going to be back. Arsenal also played midweek, for what that's worth. City's mm-hmm. had a full week off. I don't know how much that matters early in the season, but all signs point to City just kind of cruising the, in this one. Uh, I'll lay the goal and a half. So for Arsenal, really quickly, just like kind of a big picture thing, because the beginning of their schedule uh, has been relatively tough, right? You lose to Brentford, yeah. then you take on Chelsea, uh, you, and then you get this matchup with Man City, but as they move forward, you look at their schedule, uh, does this start to even out a little bit before they take on Tottenham in what, like th- two or three weeks? Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, you get these front-loaded schedule with the tough yeah. games and things are going to even out. So I'm not saying Arsenal is doomed. They're not going to get relegated. Uh, they'll be, you know, in the, that probably sixth place range, kind of like they have been the last couple of years. If things really went right, maybe they make a top four push, but they're not terrible. They're not in awful shape. They just got a tough draw early in the year and still trying to find the offense that deserted them for a good chunk of last year too. All right, let's go to your third play then as we uh, look ahead to the uh, English Premier League schedule with Paul Carr. Uh, West Ham taking on Crystal Palace. Uh, I want to talk a uh, big picture with Crystal Palace, but you read on this match first. Yeah, so this is a, as much a play against Crystal Palace as it is pro West Ham. Uh, West Ham solid mid-table team. Palace, not so much. You know, they were one of the worst teams in the league last year and, and got a lot of points early. They kind of sneaked out so they didn't have to fight the relegation battle. And they've got a new manager in Patrick Vieira, but they haven't shown any sort of proclivity for attack that's been any different. They were outshot 19-2 to two in the two first halves so far. And that's part of the reason my play is West Ham to win the first half at plus 120. So you can get a better price on this, obviously, than the full game, which I think was around minus 170 for a West Ham win. Uh, yeah, so Palace is just no offense, especially yeah. in the first half. Uh, West Ham scored in both first halves so far. They outshot Newcastle and outplayed Newcastle pretty well in the first half last week, outshot them 9-2. to two. And Newcastle is, again, a similar team kind of in talent to where Crystal Palace is at. West Ham get pretty solid in the defensive midfield, so I don't think they'll give much up much of anything to Palace in the first half. Pretty good chance they get a goal, so I like West Ham first half plus 120. So, and that was my big picture question. Right now, over at DraftKings, Norwich fifty uh, favorite to be relegated. Crystal Palace is plus 110. Uh, I think they're definitely going to flirt with relegation, but does it happen in yeah. your mind? Cause I'm with you like watching them early. Their offense has been dreadful. Yeah. I, I bet them to get relegated last season and it, it didn't work out yeah. um, this season. I wasn't really sure because again, they brought a new manager, Patrick Vera. He said all the right things as far as we're going to play more, you know, better soccer, more attacking. He didn't say soccer, but you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're going to play a better game. We're going to attack more. And it's always hard to know. Every coach says that it's just like, you know, you come into the NFL and almost every coach is like, yeah, we're going to throw the ball. We're going to be exciting, blah, blah, blah. Every coach says that in soccer too. Um, so it's hard to know what's real. And what. so I thought maybe there was some truth to it. I guess there still might be, we just haven't seen it yet. Uh, and, and one of those games was against Chelsea. So, so I'm not throwing the, the panic flag or towel or whatever, whatever you throw mm-hmm. for palace yet, but I'm not convinced that they've changed much either at this point. I like it. All right, Paul Carr with us. Uh, Let's talk about some other stuff here. First off, Champions League draw. We saw that go down. Uh, Does it change anything in terms of the futures odds, how you look at the tournament overall? What would you take away from the draw? The one thing that it changed for me was I had thought RB Leipzig was an interesting sleeper possibility. You know, there's a case of the second best team in Germany. They made the semis a couple years ago. Uh, 
but they got put in a group with the two favorites in the tournament. So <laughs> Man City, PSG, RB Leipzig, all in the same group. Only the top two of the four teams advanced. So you know Leipzig's Zogs were the only ones that were really affected significantly. They went from about 66 to one to about 100 to one. So any thought I had about playing them as a sleeper is out the window. Uh, that's about all that changed. You know the way the format is set up. Most of these groups have two clear-cut best teams, so the odds really don't change much. And you know, generally, there's not a lot of value at this point, and the odds aren't going to change much, you know, until the draw for the knockout stage in December. So, didn't really take anything away except I crossed Leipzig off my sleeper list uh, to play right now. I still think there's a chance they get out of the group, but there's no point in playing them because if they get to the knockout round, their odds are still going to probably be in the you know 40, 50 to one range. Yep. Paul Carr with us. All right, we have the last couple minutes here before we get you out of here. Also yesterday, a qualifying team for the U.S. men's national uh, team yeah. was announced. Uh, any takeaway from the roster? Because for me, it looks pretty young, light on experience. I think, what, six players yep. with World Cup qualifying experience. It was a really good summer for the Americans. It was. Could not have gone better. Yeah, six guys with experience. That's about half of what the U.S. has usually had over previous cycles as far as guys who have played in qualifying before. So that's a little bit scary, but also I think pretty exciting because, like you said, most of these guys played in Nations League or the Gold Cup, so they have experience in CONCACAF. It's a different animal to go on the road, uh, to go to El Salvador or Panama or whatever. So that's a different thing. Uh, I think kind of the headline thing for especially your casual fans is Christian Pulisic is on the roster. He won't play for Chelsea this weekend because he tested positive for COVID, uh, even though he is vaccinated. Uh, so he's on the roster. We don't know, you know, when is he going to be eligible? I could see him, you know, skipping the first game, all that stuff. It's all kind of up in the air, but he's on the team. So you're going to see him probably at least once, maybe twice uh, in this game or in this window, because they got three games in eight days. And there's going to be a lot of turnover. So if the rosters, the squads look a little bit different game to game, that's just what you're going to have to do when you're playing three games in eight days. So it's, it's exciting. It's, it's a new start. You can finally start to put that stink from four years ago behind the U.S.'s and move on and try to qualify for the World Cup. Yeah, that first match that Paul's talking about, El Salvador, uh, USA, dollar sixty-five favorite over at DraftKings, plus 270 on the draw, El Salvador, plus 380. What do you make of that, that road and their three opponents that they got to take on in that eight-day window? The Canada game's the big one. That'll be fun. Yeah. It's in Nashville. Uh, Canada has probably the third best talent in the region behind the U.S. and Mexico in whichever order you want to put them. Uh, Canada outplayed the U.S. at the Gold Cup. You know, neither team was completely at full strength, but that's worth something. So, yeah, Canada is the the interesting team to watch because Mexico should qualify. The U S should qualify. Canada hasn't been to a world cup since 1986. They haven't even been in this final round of qualifying since 1998. And so they have a lot of players like Alfonso Davies, who's on Bayern Munich, uh, just lots of talent. This is their time. This is uh, they have a great chance to, qualify for the World Cup. They also have a history of blowing opportunities like this in yeah. earlier rounds. So yeah. that's the team that'll be fun to watch in addition to the U.S. over the next uh, six, eight months or so. Well, I got to tell you, uh, Greg Burhalter is doing a pretty good job because uh, this is the most excited I've been to watch this stretch of U.S. Yep. men's national team. So uh, the Gold Cup game was phenomenal watching that run, too. Uh, my wife is from Mexico, so it was a very uh, angry household after nice. that game, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Hey, Paul, good to talk to you, man. Thank you very much for the time today. Appreciate it, dude. You bet. Have a good weekend. Yep, you got it. Again, uh, for those who are just joining us to recap uh, Paul's Premier League picks, Man City minus one and a half against Arsenal, dollar forty in regulation. West Ham to win first half against an anemic Crystal Palace offense, plus 120, and then Liverpool-Chelsea under 2.5, minus 130 
in regulation. Yeah, it's a pretty good weekend uh, in the Premier League. A lot of big games. And, of course, the news uh, for those who are just with us uh, that uh, Cristiano Ronaldo at once favored to sign with Man City. Now it's Man United who is in the driver's seat to land Cristiano Ronaldo services uh, in this window. So we'll see if uh, that indeed happens because PSG still lurks uh, to land him. All right, on the other side, we have a lot of football in the show again coming up in about 20 minutes. Steve Atkins is going to be with us, give us some early season betting systems in college and NFL. Let's take a look at the AFC North uh, as a whole. A lot of people like the Ravens. Uh, I'm pretty high on Cleveland. Tell you why when we come back here on the numbers game. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. 
Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my game. game. <laughs> <laughs> season starts tomorrow. Yes, right. Week zero kicks off tomorrow morning. It's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada Premier Sports Betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. So yesterday, here on a numbers game, uh, went heavy in the AFC East. We do have a look at the AFC North. Uh, one of the previews uh, that I wrote for the NFL Guide, which is out right now. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. If you have not gotten your hands on it yet, just $19.99. Or you can you know, become a subscriber and get everything we do, including <clears throat> the college football betting guide. So with that, a quick overview of this because it is a very intriguing division, right? You have the Baltimore Ravens at the top of this division, led by Lamar Jackson, uh, who has been arguably like one of the better quarterbacks in the National Football League since he has entered the league, especially when it comes to a win-loss perspective. And I would say rightfully so to a certain extent, the Ravens are near the top of the or at the top of the division in terms of the odds, right? To win the AFC North, the favorite there at plus 115. If you look at it from the Super Bowl perspective, 14 to 1, 750 to win the AFC and a season win total of 11 and a half. Here's the thing. I think there are some real questions about what we're going to expect out of the Baltimore Ravens. A lot of it has to do with their schedule, too, because schedule is a big part when it comes to the handicap of this division for me. The Baltimore Ravens have one of the harder schedules in the National Football League and in this division, one of the hardest schedules. The hardest schedule goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, but they also, the, their opponent, the Cleveland Browns, have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. But I'm just going to direct your eyes as you look at this schedule right now in the, in the uh, Baltimore Ravens. If you look at week 12 and on for the Ravens, you're talking about having four games left against the Browns and the Steelers. You have games against the Packers and the Rams on the schedule. Yes, you have the Bengals mixed into there too, but that's four games against division rivals, right, that are going to be competing for the top of that division. Potential playoff teams, and look at that stretch from week 12 to week 17, where you're talking about Browns at home, then you go on the road against the Steelers. You got to go on the road again to the Browns. You come back home to host the Packers. You get a reprieve when you go on the road against Cincinnati just to come back home and host the Rams and the Steelers. Just that part of the schedule is absolutely brutal. And so while the front half of the schedule sets up relatively nicely, where you get a road game against the Raiders, which should be winnable, you know, there's uh, as we get closer to the uh, week one, I think there's a real conversation behind, especially where that number goes, that the Raiders might be a little bit more live than the market expects them to be. Then you have to come home against the Chiefs, but then games against the Lions, Broncos, Colts, Chargers, those are all manageable, winnable games going into the bye before, you know, uh, the bye, the Bengals. But I think there's, there's a lot to look at with the Ravens. Whether it is Lamar Jackson as a passer, 
you don't like the direction he's heading in, right? Uh, as a passer, Jackson regressed 85.3, PFF grade to 76.9 last season. Turnover-worthy play rate doubled to 3.6%. If you look at his touchdown-interception ratio, how about this? When he was passing without play action, so just traditional dropbacks, during his MVP season, he had nearly a 3-to-1 touchdown-interception ratio, 2.87. Last season, on non-play action passing attempts, just traditional dropbacks, that went down to just two flat his yards per attempt dropped to just 6.8. It's a clear indicator that he's regressed as just a drop-back passer. That is something that needs to improve as he heads into this year. I think when you look at the offense around him, Rashad Bateman underwent surgery early August, maybe more than likely going to miss the start of the season. Marquise Brown banged up, dealing with hamstring injury. It could linger a little bit. It looks like he might be fine. But there are real questions, I think, about the wide receiver depth with the Baltimore Ravens, especially with the injury to Bateman. And I think there are also real questions about this offensive line. Tackle spots mostly secure. Ronnie Stanley, Alejandro Villanueva, but Stanley coming off of a very serious injury. And Villanueva making the transition over to the different tackle spot, which late in a career can actually be pretty tough. In the interior, if you look at it, that's the biggest question. Bradley Bozeman, right guard Kevin Zeitler, average lineman at best. Left guard is going to be a question mark. And so what you expect out of this offense and what the ceiling of this offense is going to be, I think is a really big question for the Ravens in terms of that win total and winning 12 or more games, winning the AFC North and competing for a Super Bowl. So ultimately playing the Ravens under uh, 11 and a half, something that is on uh, that is in my pocket because I just don't think the path to 11 wins uh, excuse me, 12 wins or more is there for the Baltimore Ravens if you tie in the schedule and the questions about their offense. And their defense should mostly be good. They're a team that is built from the back end up. And we could talk a little bit more about the edge rushers as we move into uh, our next spot here. We could talk about the AFC North as a whole. But just starting with the Baltimore Ravens at the top of this division, I think there are some real legitimate questions about the Ravens being a 12-plus win team and running away with the AFC North, which leaves the door wide open for the Cleveland Browns. So we're going to get to on the other side, one of the easier schedules in the National Football League, and I don't think there's a single team that has more going for it than the Cleveland Browns heading into the 2021 season. That's coming up next year on a Numbers Game. the perfect time to start planning your football contest strategy. And the VEASAN Pro Football Guide is the perfect way to start. Our VEASAN experts have won major football contests around Las Vegas. Our guide will give you insight on against the spread contests as well as survivor pools to give you a winning edge. Download the VEASAN NFL Guide today for only $19.99 or get VEASAN's all access to get everything we offer for the entire football season. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That of course includes the college football betting guide. College football starting tomorrow. We've already got to, got to start working on the NBA guide in like two weeks. How about that, huh? Get started in October? Ridiculous. Um, so we're talking about the AFC North. Steve Mackinnon is going to come up with us in a couple of minutes as we discuss some betting systems in college and pro football. Uh, but I'm going to invoke one of those betting systems as we discuss the next team because it should be pretty fair in looking and analyzing certain things when it comes to handicapping any sport, really. And so I'm really high on the Cleveland Browns this season. And high to the point where I think everything just really works out for them. And so we'll start with the positives and we can work our way to the evidence that says maybe it's not going to work out so well for Cleveland. But if you look at Cleveland overall, 
The thing that really sticks out to you, I believe, is a schedule that is extremely manageable if you're looking at it from a strength of schedule perspective, if you're looking at it from the perspective of level of opponent, depending on how you evaluate them. But when you look at it, when graded by projected opponent win totals, Cleveland has the second easiest schedule in the National Football League. They get eight games against opponents projected to win eight or fewer. And a late bye comes in week 13 prior to a home game with Baltimore. So you get a bye week to prepare for a home game with the Baltimore Ravens. And a late bye is always helpful when it comes to injuries as well. So the schedule, I think, stacks up really nicely for the Cleveland Browns. There is a lot more to that, though, too. When you have a system that Kevin Stefanski runs, it raises the baseline play of your quarterback, right? We have seen many quarterbacks in the National Football League play in this zone-blocking run scheme that have had seasons and just levels of play that seem to be a kind of above their head, right? Matt Schaub, for a really long time, was one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL because he played a very quarterback system, a very quarterback-friendly system, similar to what the Browns are running under Stefanski, right? We saw Case Keenum in a similar type of system have a really good run as starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, and we have seen Baker Mayfield really thrive as a quarterback in this system, especially the back half of the year where week seven and on, he was the third highest graded quarterback in the National Football League by PFF standards. So Baker Mayfield is in a system that really helps and maximizes his talent. But he's also got pieces around him that really help maximize this system too. There is no question that the um, Cleveland Browns, have, I would say, have the best offensive line in the National Football League. But there is no question that they're at least a top five to top three offensive unit. They're the best run-blocking line in the National Football League. Across the board, there is talent and quality talent at that. And that run-blocking system helps with a backfield that has Nick Chubb, that has Kareem Hunt. This entire unit returns this season, and there's room for growth. Keep in mind, they had a second, you have a second-year tackle in Jedrick Wills, but it's the perfect offensive line for what this system is going to be. So now we're talking about Baker Mayfield in a quarterback-friendly system, a fourth-year quarterback that is in a scheme that allowed him to post career highs in QBR last year, passer rating, PFF passer grade. They were the ninth in um, ninth best offense in efficiency last season. I don't think there's any reason to believe that this Cleveland Browns offense is going to be any worse than what they were last year. And I think there's room for them to get better, especially as they get a little bit healthier, right? By some metrics, depending on how you measure it, I think it was uh, in our uh, NFL guide. If you look at one of the great pieces written up by Scott Kellen, as he notes for their NFL win total, 27th in terms of injury luck last year, the Cleveland Browns. Remember they had a game in which their whole wide receiving core was decimated by COVID. So this is a team that I think with a little bit of injury luck is going to work their way up on top of having an easier schedule. Defensively, they did almost everything they possibly could to address all of the issues that this defense had. It's still going to be a work in progress defensively, but they have that guy right there, Miles Garrett, who I think is defensive player of the year candidate. They go and get Jadavian Clowney, and this is not like, hey, Jadavian Clowney's a dominant Ed rusher, but Jadavian Clowney in a Bud Dupree type role, and for those who don't know what I'm talking about, Bud Dupree got a lot of his money in his hype by getting a lot of cleanup sacks, by a lot of the attention forced by guys along that line like a TJ Watt type. That's going to be the same for Jadeveon Clowney. This is going to be very beneficial, I think, for Clowney pairing up with a guy like Miles Garrett, and that makes that defensive front, I think, a little bit even more dangerous now that there's at least somebody there to help Garrett out. You can look at the linebacking core, or Jeremiah Usakormoa, one of the additions in that linebacking core. They spent a first-round pick on the cornerback position as well. Guys coming back from both opt-out and injury from a season ago, namely Grant Delpit, who they really want to get on the field and get healthy, although there's been some bad luck there. I just think there's a lot of positives here for the Cleveland Browns when you put all of that together to not only win this division, but be one of the top-tier seeds in the AFC, mainly because, again, a schedule that really operates in their favor. I mean, after opening game against the Kansas City Chiefs, look at that schedule up until the bye week. So you open up against Kansas City, 
But then you're talking about home games against the Texans and the Bears, a road game against the Minnesota Vikings, and then the Chargers. You're back at home, winnable games against the Cardinals, the Broncos, divisional game against the Steelers, which is going to be tough, but I believe the Steelers are going to be relatively down this year. Then you get the Bengals, the Lions, that road game against the Ravens before your bye week. It's a manageable schedule for a team that I think has some really uh, positive momentum upwards for the Cleveland Browns. Now, the negatives that work against them are obviously uh, twofold. I think one of them is, what if that defense just doesn't latch on? What if those additions on that defense, which was 23rd in efficiency last year, just don't work? And that's a perfectly plausible argument. And the other is, is that when you have a team that was as good as they were in single-score games, Browns 7-2 and two in games decided by seven or fewer points, there generally tends to be some regression to the mean in that category. We're going to talk to Steve Mackinnon about that, right? Teams that get a lot of close wins generally come back down to the pack. Teams that generally lose a lot of close games tend to find themselves launching forward in the standings. But I think this team is better from a season ago. And I think there is room for them to negate usually the downward trend of teams that win close games from last season. So I'm, I'm big on Cleveland, man. I, I think the cards are there for them. In terms of like overall winning a Super Bowl, I'm not entirely sure. But we see this all the time where teams are higher seeded because of the way the schedule breaks out for them. They have breakout years, ultimately to fall short in the postseason. But this is a team that I think has a lot, a lot going for them as they're coming off a year which they appeared in the divisional round of the postseason. And their opponent, by the way, was the Pittsburgh Steelers that year. And, you know, I, I'm open to being wrong about Pittsburgh because a lot of the things that worry me uh, are stand, you know, tied to that offense. The offensive line was not good. It arguably got worse from last season, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger coming off of an elbow injury had a career low in terms of average depth of target and grades on throws downfield 20 or more yards. I think those are some troublesome trends for a guy who's getting older and coming off of an injury like that. I think this offense as a whole has some real question marks uh, that are ultimately going to hold them back. But Najee Harris has a really high ceiling, especially as a pass catcher out of the backfield. And I think there's a lot to like about that wide receiving core. Some of it, so much of it ties to Ben Roethlisberger and how he's going to operate. He's going to be the dink and dunk guy that he was a season ago that rarely pushed the ball downfield or is this offense going to change things up a little bit? Are we going to see a little bit more of an explosive attack from Pittsburgh? Because I do like their defense a lot. It's a defense that's going to pressure opposing quarterbacks. That's got a really high ceiling in terms of coverage as well. And that's going to bring you a lot of places. But I think at the end of the day, the AFC North is going to be won by the Cleveland Browns, given everything they have in front of them. We can talk about the Bengals, too. I got a prop on Joe Burrow in terms of his passing yards uh, that I'll discuss in the next hour and talk about some of the props that I've played in the AFC North uh, in the futures market. On the other side, though, Steve Mackinnon's going to be with us. Let's discuss some of these betting systems. And actually, we're going to see quite a few in action tomorrow as week zero kicks off. So we'll ask him about what are some early trends and betting systems to look at for betters as we get to the beginning of the college football season? Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh. <laughs> 
I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Welcome in. It's a numbers game here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. A reminder uh, for all of you. I got it. Don't worry. As summer heats up, so does the sports betting action at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code VSIN100, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Place your bets on all exciting showdowns in Major League Baseball, MLS, and more sports from around the globe. And when you register with BetMGM, you will get instant access into a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odd specials. From breathtaking goals to colossal home runs, the king of sportsbooks takes every play to a new level of excitement. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code VSIN100 to get back up to $1,000 on your very first wager. New customer offer, paid and free bets, eligibility restrictions apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Okay. 
Steve Mackinnon is nice enough to give us some time today. The head honcho, the big cheese, the editor of Point Spread Weekly. Also the man behind almost every publication we do. Steve, it's good to talk to you. Football season starts tomorrow, so it's a very good day. Uh, but I want to get your thoughts because I haven't talked to you for a while. Uh, I'm wildly impressed with both the college football betting guide and the NFL guide. I think we we did a really bang-up job, man. So I, I want to extend some kudos to you because both guides were fantastic. I agree, Jonathan. I think they both turned out great. Uh, I, I want to thank you for uh, your contributions to it. It's It's been an incredibly busy month, but uh, a rewarding month in that. And uh, I want to thank you also for having me on the numbers game. I think this might be the first time I've been on this particular show uh, since I've been with Beeson for four years now. So uh, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Actually, I did all that so I could get my congratulations. So it was a sneaky way to pat myself on the back. So I appreciate that. Uh, no, so let's start. I wanted to start with college football because that begins tomorrow. Uh, you wrote a good piece in Point Spread Weekly this week talking about betting systems in college football. So let's start with here because favorites at home and on neutral sites. Uh, in your write-up, they've been a reliable play for betters. So tell us to what degree and how favorites in true road situations fare because quite a few of these tie into the four or five games that we're going to see tomorrow. Okay, so the interesting thing here is home favorites and neutral favorites do much better than road favorites. The the degree is 53.7 for the home percent for the home favorites since 2013. Road favorites just 42 percent. Uh, so if you think about this, there is some foundation to this. Uh, there is a lot of momentum that comes with uh, being a uh, or playing at home in week one of a college football season. There's a lot of energy. There's uh, uh, a different and, and going on the road. It's the opposite. You you have to fight that energy. So you can see how maybe playing as a road favorite might be tough in a situation like that. Mm -hmm. And the other part of this too, which I found interesting, and it leads me to one specific team that I think is going to be pretty live. It seems that New Mexico State would probably be a pretty good play this coming weekend. Uh, one, namely because everything we've seen but seems like pretty inflated number and they fall under the umbrella of a couple of your systems, correct? Yeah, I do. I agree. That, that is an interesting game there. Uh, the one thing that scares me about this is we haven't dealt with this situation before. A team like Connecticut didn't play last season. New Mexico State played two games last mm -hmm. season. How does that time off affect these teams uh, as they prepare for what's going to be a full season for them. Yep, New Mexico State, 10-point favorite uh, against UTEP, and uh, very surprising. UTEP is, uh, I would say, not a very good team this coming year, so to see such a gap between them, even though it's a true road game. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about some of these systems as well. Uh, conference games, we generally don't see them early, but we, we get them pretty rarely, and we have one this coming weekend. Nebraska and Illinois, one of your systems, not a favorable situation, but favorites in conference games have been good early in the season, correct? Yeah, twelve and seven straight up, eleven seven and one against the spread. Again, there's, that's not a very big sample, uh, considering this is like seven or eight years yep. uh, since 2013. But uh, we do have more games this year with the Big Ten pretty much going full full go here now, week one and uh, or week zero one. Uh, and then uh, I think we got North Carolina over Virginia Tech as well. So there are a lot of chances for this. And again, there is some foundation here. There's a greater focus, I think, when you face a conference team in week one. Uh, as opposed to a non-conference team. Yeah, and I mentioned that too, right, because uh, Nebraska, uh, it goes against two of the, or one of the betting systems goes with one of them, right? You, you talked about it, favorites on the road, not exactly uh, the best spot early on in the college football season, but Nebraska is a conference favorite, so uh, there are those two things that work against one another. If anybody's reading it and they see those two conflicting betting systems, what would you tell them? Because I, I think usually people, when they see betting systems, want to immediately follow them, but this is a piece of the puzzle, right, not the entire thing. 
Exactly. Uh, the, naturally, when you track a lot of data and you analyze a lot of data, there's going to be things that, that conflict. So uh, the one thing that uh, if you go even further down the last piece of that article, you'll see that I list my uh, college football stability mismatches uh, for the for actually for tomorrow. And there's only one game. And that is Nebraska. You, you got a, a new regime starting there in Illinois and it gives Nebraska a bit of an edge there. And that has historically been a good system for me. So let's move over to totals, week zero and week one. Um, I, I like the way you put it, being led to water here uh, with betters when it comes to certain totals. So what's the read on low totals in the early weeks of college football? Uh, it's the totals low. It's going under. That has been had 26 and 11 since 2013. Totals of 48 or less. Odds makers uh, are the so-called experts, and they got a good gauge on how these offenses are going to fare. And uh, there are three games uh, as of when I wrote this press time where, where the totals are 48 or less. So watch for those games go under. I, I'm, if, if it holds, we're going to see two of those three games go under. So uh, before we move on, uh, you did write up 50 head-to-head trends for college football betters to use. I'll just leave the door open for you. Any trends that stuck out to you, some of your favorites uh, out of those 50 for head-to-head trends, which ones did you like the most? Well, the biggest one here is the uh, – and I've been tri- uh, touting this for – probably the last five years with these and is the big road trend. It's a late season game, uh, uh, the Louisiana Lafayette, Louisiana Monroe game, a 17 and one for road teams. There's simply no home field advantage in that series. It's almost like it's, it's such a rivalry where the, the road team likes to just come in and ruin the team's home field advantage. So uh, watch for the road uh, game. In the, but there's, again, there's 50 games on this list that I, that I point out with the great head to head trends. That's just one. That's the biggest one at 17 and one. Yep. All right. So let's move over to the national football league. So uh, everything we talked about there, you could find in this week's edition of point spread weekly. Uh, Steve also has some really great write-ups in terms of our pro football betting guide and how you can use these to predict season success a lot of stuff to get into and dive into so let's talk about some win total big picture stuff and walk us through one of the things that I like to use in terms of some bounce back and what you expect from teams like a team at the top of my list Steve that I want to play against to have an under on a note to make the postseason be the Miami Dolphins right when you have such a high amount of turnovers the way they got them uh, generally that is going to come back to the mean and teams that finish with a high turnover differential will find themselves bouncing back to the pack no <laughs> that's exactly right. It's, uh, if they if they do it in a manner that's unusual, I mean, there's certain teams and defenses that consistently produce a lot of turnovers or or quarterbacks that won't uh, turn the ball over a lot. So you get a, 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 an interesting situation like that where that can hold. However, a team like Miami having that good turnover luck in one season that tends to come back to bite a team. Yeah, and the other is, and I brought this up because one of the teams I'm really high on is the Cleveland Browns. I think they have a a very workable schedule. I think they're going to get better this year, Uh, but that would fly in the face of teams that have high success in close games from a season prior. So walk us through that and what that means for teams that not only have an unusually high or low totals of close wins the previous season, what that means for the teams that win those games and what it means for the teams that lose those games. Yeah, this has been uh, highly predictive. It, when you look at a team's close wins and close losses uh, from the prior season, in fact, uh, if you look, uh, teams that uh, win a lot of close games, uh, there's two of them from last year, Kansas City and Seattle. Uh, they managed eight-plus close wins. Uh, teams like that, thir- uh, the last 31 teams have averaged a decline of about three lo- or three wins per season decline. So uh, Kansas City and Seattle slip into a situation like that. However, if you go to the opposite side of the coin, uh, the, cl- the close 
I'm sorry. Let me find it here. I'm looking for it. Uh, Atlanta and Minnesota, a lot of close losses. Those teams are, are uh, prime contenders to uh, bounce back this year. Uh, based upon how they uh, were, were in a lot of tight games, but just didn't pull them out. Yep, and it, the other team that stuck out to me in reading your work uh, and the uh, the guide, uh, because um, I think the, like, the team like the New York Jets, for example, Steve, have like a really wide spectrum of uh, potential possibilities this year, right? They could be a 3-4 win team. They could be, I think, a 7-ish win team. But it all depends on what Zach Wilson's going to do at quarterback. But they fit a couple of your systems, right? Teams that had unusually high or low totals of blowout losses the previous season and uh, teams that had unusually usually high or low total blowout wins the previous season, correct? Yeah, this is an interesting one. Since 2007, there's been 23 teams that have won five or less games, none by double digits. So I think of that they've, they won all sort of close games, no, no real decisive victories. 21 of those 23 teams improved the next season by an average of four wins per season. Now, if you add that eight, 17th game this year, maybe that's four and a half wins. So, yeah, I agree. There's a lot of room. Three teams qualify for that, Denver, Jacksonville, and the Jets. A lot of room for those teams to improve this year. I like it. All right, Shane, every week you also find uh, power ratings of different sorts for Steve in points spread weekly. You have them in the guides, too. Highest power-rated team in the National Football League for you is who? Well, man, it's Kansas City at this point. I mean, everybody – there's almost no reason not to have it. However, they're in that Super Bowl hangover thing where you lost the Super Bowl. Teams tend to, to drop. I think it's been an average of about three and a half wins per season by those teams. So uh, they still got Mahomes. They still got a loaded roster. Uh, we'll see how they react to that Super Bowl loss. Yep, and they fit that system, right, because they had a lot of close wins last year. There was that stretch of, like, was it like six, seven weeks where they were winning games by touchdowns, uh, mainly because they were just falling asleep at the wheel late. So it's interesting. It was one of those, like, uh, eh, yeah, we'll, we'll get the win and we'll get out of here because we know we're good. But uh, I think this season's going to be fascinating for Kansas City. Yeah, I think it all depends on how hungry this team is. I mean, that that was embarrassing on Super Bowl Sunday. How they bounce back from that, I think, will determine what happens with them this year. All right, Steve. Well, it's good to talk to you. Tremendous job on all of the guides. College football season starts tomorrow. So uh, good luck, and we'll talk again soon, okay? All right, sounds good, Jamie. Thank you. Yep, and it was a lot of fun working on those guides, man, both college uh, and pro football. So check those out, vcin.com slash subscribe. You can still get the college football guide. Come on, it's week zero next week. You still got plenty of time to get ready for the college football season. And the NFL season, we still got about two and a half weeks before that bad boy starts. So vcin.com slash subscribe. Check those out. Great work by everybody involved. You get preseason predictions. You get win total, Super Bowl bets, and much more. On the other side, Pamela Maldonado, Yahoo Sports, is going to be with us to talk a little tennis, football as well, because it's in the air, man. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today.
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.